Genesis chapter number 39. That verse said, let him have his way. Sometimes his way is not our way. I'd probably venture to say most of the time, his way is not our way. is reaching our destiny. There's no greater, to me, uh, there's no greater story, vivid picture and story in the Bible about a man finding his destiny and the road that led to that destiny than the life of Joseph. Uh, I learned about this character. I learned about this person when I was a little bitty fella in Sunday school, and, and it's always intrigued me. And God has shared some new things about this life that we've seen. Uh, we know Joseph had dreams. He was a dreamer. God gave him dreams when he was a young man. Uh, God gave him a little insight into his destiny. God let him know that he had great plans for him. And I want you to know God is no respecter of persons. He has a destiny for you. He has a great plan for you. He has a, a great life in store for you if you'll just let him have his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Say amen. amen. Listen, he's got a great plan, and we learned that there are places uh, in, in route to that destiny. The last chapter, if you'll give me just a second, the last chapter in the book of Genesis, uh, we find that the brothers of uh, Joseph come to him and, and share with him the fact that they were scared, they were afraid because of their early treachery, that he was going to bring revenge after their father had died. And because of that, they wanted mercy. And Joseph said, look, guys, you have nothing to be afraid of. He said, I want you to understand something. I am in the place of God. I am in the divine destiny that God had for me. You meant it for evil. God just used you as a vehicle to get me to where he wanted me to be the whole time. I'm in the place of God. He was in the place of favor. He was in the place of blessing. He was in the place of anointing. He was in the place that God had for him. That is our desire. That should be every Christian's wish is to be in the place of God. Be in the anointed and appointed place that God has for them. I'm here to tell you, the happiest place you'll be, even if it's on downtown the street in Baghdad, Iraq, if that is the appointed place, it'll be the happiest place you'll ever be in your life. You don't have to be in a palace. You don't have to be in a cathedral. You don't have to be in a 3,000-seat auditorium. If God's place for you is in a hut on the side of a river down in the Nile, I guarantee you, if it's His place, you'll have a wonderful time. Listen, and that is our desire is to be in that place. I want to be in the place of God. I want to be in the place where I feel God's presence. I got God bumps running up down my spine right now. You know why? Because I'm in the place. I'm in the place that God has for me. This is my destiny and this is my place. But I guarantee you this, there is a road to that place. You may not be there yet, but I promise you, honey, God wants you in that place. But sometimes we got to go some other places to get to the place. The place. We talked about three places that Joseph went before he got in the place. The first place was the pit. The pit. He told his brothers his dreams, and they threw him in that pit. Listen, they threw him in that pit out of envy, out of jealousy. And not only that, but because that, that, that Joseph needed some tuning up. 
Now, I've heard every preaching, and I've heard a lot of teaching on this subject that, that Joseph was totally innocent, and Joseph was totally... I, I don't necessarily believe that. Because Joseph was a young man. He was 17 years old, carrying a big, big dream. And sometimes... Listen, by his words and by Scripture we find, uh, listen, he didn't carry it the way he should have. And God took him to a pit not to destroy him, not to break him in half, but to empty him. The Bible said they stripped him of his robe, they stripped him of his garment of who he was. And listen, they stripped him so that God could fill him. The second place is what we want to talk about this morning. He went from the pit where he was emptied, where God took him, the place where you feel like God's abandoned you. And they sold him to the Ishmaelites and they brought him to Egypt. And now is where we're at in chapter 39. Genesis 39 verse 1. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. I'm here to tell you, if God's with you, you don't have to tell nobody. All these birds running around saying they got God with them, I wonder about that. Because if he is, nobody, you ain't got to tell nobody. It's obvious. The Lord was with him, and that Lord, listen, the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him and made him overseer over his house. And, and all that he had, he put in his hand. It came to pass from that time that he made him overseer of his house and over all that he had. And the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her be with her. And it came to pass at that time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment and said, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Dear Heavenly Father, help us in Jesus' name. Anoint this word. Lord, I believe this is your word. Please touch me in Jesus' name. Anoint us, Lord. We need your help. Oh, God, touch us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the place. The place is where we dream. The place is where we desire. The place is where we want to be. Uh, the place where God's favor and the place where God's hand is and the place where God's abundance is and the place where, where God's prosperity is. We, we want to be in that place. We want to we be accomplishing not just because of what we have but because of what we can accomplish for the glory of God. He saved much people alive. I mean, he did a great work. God had a great, I mean, a, a worldwide impact. He had, You know, I think sometimes our dreams are way too small. This old boy, was, this, this school was, uh, a teacher asked the students to go home and count the stars and come back and tell them. And listen, they came back and little Susie said, three trillion, and, 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 and little Roy said, two billion, and little Johnny said, three. 
She said, three? What do you mean three, Johnny? He said, well, I just got a small backyard. Amen. You know what I think? I think sometimes our dreams are way too small. You know what? I think we put too much of ourselves in our dreams and not enough of God. We need to have God-sized desires and God-sized dreams. Say amen. And, but we need to understand that in that destiny, in that place, in that direction, that, that God has places set up for us to develop us. Say that with me. To develop, Not to destroy you, not to disable you, uh, not to discourage you, but to develop you. To develop you so you will be ready for that place. There's nothing more discouraging in this world than being put in a place of responsibility when you are not ready for it, when you are not able for it. There's nothing in this world more discouraging and more defeating because you cannot do what you need to do. Sometimes we don't take that into consideration. And when God tries to do something to develop us, we get angry with Him, we get bitter with Him, and, and we want to lash out against Him because we're not in the place. And God's saying, you're not ready for the place. I've got some other places you need to go to. We learned last week that that first place, that pit. How many of y'all have been in the pit? Well, let me, let, me give you, let me give you some advice. You're either in it, headed to it, or coming out of it. Nobody can avoid that place. Nobody can avoid that place. Why? Because we're full of ourselves. Sometimes God has to take us and strip us of our significance, strip us of who we are so that we'll have humility and be humble and be willing to learn what He has to teach us. You can't teach anybody that knows everything. Let me say that again. You can't teach anybody that knows everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah anyhow. I tell you what, the devil don't want this to be heard. I fought him, I fought him, but I tell you what, God has been sweet this week. I've been in his presence this week. I'm telling you, I've cried more this week and, every, and not, 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 not tears of sorrow, maybe just a little bit in some, but, but there's been tears of God's presence just enjoying being with him. And Satan's done everything he can because he wants to keep you out of your destiny. But if you'll listen, if you'll trust me on this, not trust me, trust the word, I promise you God will help you. In the pit, God emptied him. Say that with me. In the pit, God. But then he brought him to the next place. He brought him out of the pit to Potiphar's house. Let's, let's, let's read just a, just a little bit here in this place. Verse number 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. There's two Two points I want to share with you today. That's all, just two, and and, and we're going to pray. Uh, We're talking about an education. God put him in the pit to empty him and then brought him to Potiphar's house to educate him. Two things about education and God's education, God's uh, 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 postgraduate plan, amen? Uh, what, What does God do with this? I want you to see, number one, the place of education. The place of education. Uh, uh, it was involuntary in nature. In other words, he didn't really choose the place. He did, he did not say, hmm, I, w- I wonder where I want to go to be trained. I wonder, I wonder what, where I want to be. I wonder, I, 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 
I think I'll just pick that. No, there was no picking involved in the deal. It was involuntary in nature. Uh, They told him where he was going. They told him what he was going to do. He had no bearing in it. He had no choice in the matter. He had no, listen, it was all in somebody else's hands. You say, preacher, what's that got to do with me? Because sometimes you'll find you yourself in a place that you did not choose. You'll find yourself in a situation that you did not pick. You'll find yourself in a situation, listen, that you did not want. And I know this because later on, the Bible says when his children were born, he named one of them that's meant, God has blessed me in the land of my affliction. There wasn't nothing fun about being a slave. He was a slave. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we water it down and we make it what, it what it's not. He was a slave. Slaves were mistreated. Slaves were nothing but trash. And he became a slave, not of his own choosing. But it was in God's plan. And sometimes you'll land in a place that you did not choose. You will, something will happen to you, not of your fault whatsoever. But either way, you're still there. The place was involuntary in nature. But then, the place, watch this, write this down. It was inclusive to the need. All right, now let's look at it this way. It covered. All right, now here's the deal. Joseph does not fully understand his destiny. Joseph does not fully comprehend what God had in store for him. Now, Joseph understood that there was going to be a throne. Basically, there was going to be an area where they would bow down to him. Uh, But that's all he knew. He did not fully comprehend his full responsibility. But God did. And God says, I need to put him in a place. Now, you say, where did they put him? Let's read it. The Bible says that Joseph was brought down to Egypt to Potiphar. What was Potiphar? He was an officer of Pharaoh. He was a captain of of the guard. Listen, what happened? God put Joseph in a place to get him ready, and in that place, it met every need to help develop him for the job God had destined for him. Let me read this. In Potiphar's house, Joseph learned the Egyptian language, the culture, the political inner workings of the government, which prepared him for his yet unknown future task of serving as the second highest official in Egypt. Nothing in Joseph's life was accidental. We see the sovereign hand of God in every single detail. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying maybe you need to quit whining about where you are. And saying, God, what am I supposed to learn in this situation? What do I need to see in this place? Because see, this is an everyday thing. A lot of people have the mistaken, uh, uh, mistaken understanding that it's just preachers that are trained by God. It's just missionaries. It's just evangelists. It's just this that goes through things to get them ready. No, 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 no. Joseph's responsibility had nothing to do with preaching, teaching, or singing. It had to do with administrative work. It had to do with administrative responsibilities, but it was God's divine purpose. Too many people do not see what you do as a divine purpose. You have a divine purpose just like a preacher or a teacher or an evangelist or a deacon or a missionary or anybody else. We need godly doctors. We need godly lawyers. We need godly politicians. Say amen. 
We need godly people in society. Listen, we could change our world if we would realize we all have a divine destiny. And in the place God has you right now, God is preparing you. You're not there on accident. I'm glad God doesn't just uh, forget about us and God doesn't just leave us behind. But every place we step, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You say, even our failures, God can turn your failures into something to get you ready. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord, to them who are called according to His purpose. What's His purpose? Whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. God is taking the good in your life and the bad in your life and working it together. Hallelujah. Just like a pharmacist works that medicine, he puts stuff that if you took it by itself, it would kill you. And he mixes it with this stuff. When it works all to, when it works together, it will heal you. God's got you in the place you're in. I don't like this place. Neither did Joseph. I didn't ask for this place. Neither did Joseph. I don't deserve this place. Neither did Joseph. But it was on the road to the place. What if he had just, I ain't doing this. Bless God, I'll just do what he makes me do. You know, we can get bitter. Or we can get better. Bitterness will kill you. He could have got bitter and said, bless God, I did right in all these situations. I have no, I have, I have, I do not deserve to be here. I'm not going to do this anymore. Bless God. Hey, he, he, let him see if he can get something out of me. I had a guy I worked with at the golf course when I was in, in South Carolina. He said they can only get eight. Think about that. He got what he, all, all he had, all he wanted to give or all he thought he had to give, and that's all he's going to give. They ain't going to give but eight out of me. I'm glad Joseph didn't feel that way. Listen, the place of education and voluntary in nature is inclusive to the need. God had it set up perfect to get Joseph where he needed him to be. Now, number two, this is really, really the meat of the message is. We, we need to hunker down here just a, just a moment. Now, I don't believe, I don't believe, <coughs> excuse me, I don't believe this is going to be one of them, woohoo, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe it's going to be one of them, mm-hmm. Are you all with me? Say amen. I sat here all week. I've been thinking about this and going over this and, and comprehending this and writing notes down. I was writing notes in the hospital and here and there and everywhere. And, 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 and I, I had everything, but I couldn't, get, I couldn't get peace about that last part. Now, I didn't leave here till 2 o'clock this morning. Have mercy. I, I need to talk with the Lord's schedule. Say amen. I was in an involuntary place. I wanted to be in bed. Amen. But there's two major truths in this that we need to see that will really help us to get to the place. In the place of education, number two, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the pattern. What did God do to educate him, to prepare him for his destiny? The pattern of, as you read this chapter, it's intriguing. We see that, 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 that as Joseph began to serve his master, I believe, I believe Joseph served him with all his might. I believe he did what the best he could do with everything he had. He did not do it halfway. I believe he went all the way and then some. Now, you know, because I've been a boss before. I've been a manager before. And those people that do just enough to get by is enough to make you want to rip their head off. 
But those people that go beyond the call of duty, those people that step up and and take pride in what they do, that's the ones that gain favor. And the Bible said he gained favor with Potiphar. Potiphar looked at him and seen that what he did prospered. God had his hand on that man. And listen, he appreciated what he did. Preacher, what's the point? No matter where you are, do the best you can. No matter where you are, be Christ in that situation. You say, but I'm in the pit. I'm in this place. I'm in that place. It does not matter. God will be with you. Listen, people do not need to just see God when you're on the mountaintop, when everything's going well. They need to see that God is able when you're down in the pit, when you're down in the valley, when you're down in the tragedy. That's where they need to see God. Because they don't need God when everything's going great. But if they see that you have something in you that sustains you in the darkest of hours, that's when they'll want what you have. He was, listen, he stayed with it. He was faithful. He was committed in that situation. And watch how God used this. If you will study, the Bible said he put him over his whole house. He said not one thing. He said there will be nobody uh, higher than you in this house. And the Bible said it even went, it even went as far as to say that Potiphar didn't have any idea what he had in his finances or what he had in his securities, what he had in the bank. The only thing he knew was what he had to eat that day. And he trusted Joseph with everything else. And this was over a period of time. We know there was there was thirteen years from the time thirteen years from the time he was come out of the pit to the time he sat on the throne. So this was not just overnight, y'all. The place that God has you, it, it, it may not be a 10-week course. Do y'all understand that? The place that God has you to educate you and to get you ready, it may not be this, the place, but it is the right place. And it may not be 10 weeks. It may not be 10 months. God may keep you there for years to get you ready. But I'm telling you what, the 13 years could not compare with the 80 years as second in command. And everything he did was to get him ready for that place. The Bible says, listen, over there, when, when, he, when, he, met, when he met with uh, uh, Pharaoh, watch what he says. In ver- and I'll just read it and I'll turn back. Uh, in Genesis 41, 38, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all of this, there is none so discreet and wise as thee. Watch what he says. Thou shalt be over my house. Was that not exactly what he was for Potiphar? Thou shalt be over my house. According unto thy word shall all my people be ruled, and only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Wasn't that exactly the way it was in Potiphar's house? And Pharaoh took, and Pharaoh said, And Joseph, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in a vesture of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chair which he had. And they cried unto him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. What's the point? The point is this. God has to put you in a place where he can develop you into a person that he can use. Oh, I have a desire. A lot of people have desires. Peter, your your spirit is willing, 
your flesh is weak. Moses, he was willing. He was willing even as far as to go and kill an Egyptian to, to, to begin the, the process and to reach his destiny. He figured he would deliver the children in his own hand. But God led him to the backside of a desert. Now watch. Watch this. Exodus 3.1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Now watch what the Bible says in Psalm 78. What was Moses doing? He was keeping a flock. He was being a shepherd. He was watching sheep. All that time, all that time out in the wilderness thinking that, that his destiny was over, this is all I'm going to have left in my life. Psalm 78, 52. The Bible says, but God made his own people to go forth like sheep. What was Moses doing? Watching sheep. How did God bring the children of Israel of Egypt? Like sheep. And guided them in the wilderness like a flock. Psalm 77, 20. Thou ledest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. God may change. God may change your vocation. What can he use of you right now? You don't, have to, you don't have to have a Ph.D. degree. Well, I don't know anything. Yeah, you do. You eat. You do something. What was he doing? He's just a slave. But he saved the world. What you, what you do right now, you may think that it's no big deal. But your everyday responsibility, God is doing to develop you, Meet your destiny. Listen, God wants that. What is the pattern of education here? We see he was educated through two things. The tasks he fulfilled. The tasks he fulfilled. He probably didn't like taking out the trash. He probably didn't like Scooping the stuff in the barn. He probably didn't like having to go out and bring in corn and wheat. He probably didn't like all of these things. But he remained faithful. I don't like what I'm doing. Stay faithful. I don't like this. Stay faithful. Well, this is not my job. I got a destiny. It's your job right now. And until God gives you another one, be faithful in the one you got. Well, I think I need to quit till I find my destiny. Oh, no, don't do that. Because it's through that, God, that job, God's going to get you to your destiny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't like to hear that. Because we want to get in a place. You ain't going to get to the place till you're faithful in your place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want to, we want to, we want to. You know, in Bible college, I was, I was just a little different. No, yeah. Uh, if it slowed down long enough, I preached to it. I mean, I mean, it didn't matter where it was. 
It didn't, I've preached off a garbage can, and, 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 and was that was the Blue Goose, that veteran's place? You remember the veteran's hospital there they had to, where they'd wheel people down in that bottom? Uh, there was a place it, right there on, on uh, what was that main drag there in Augusta, that, that four-lane? No, the other one. The other one down Broad Street. Help us, Jesus. Broad Street. You can imagine Broad Street. Amen? Uh, it was a rough area of town. Low-income housing. There was a, there was a, a low-income housing building there. And uh, they had, they had, it was just, it was just, a, had a gun pulled on me one time. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. But, but we, I went in one, but they was on the second floor. And, and, and there would be people in, in, the, in the building would come down. We'd have church service on Wednesday night in there. And that was a place to preach, man. I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed the fire. Went in there, one, one lady showed up. One lady coming in and showed up. And she said, uh, preacher, what are we going to do? I said, get your Bible. Throw down, heart just going. You should have seen people walking by. I mean, they're preaching, just going after it. One lady sitting there, like you know, and everybody, what in the world going on in there? Preaching in the nursing home, preaching in the jails. It didn't matter. My senior year, my senior year in college. Some of y'all don't know this, and and uh, you might whatever. But my senior year in college, I, I I preached in a Methodist church my whole senior year. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Every week, son. Every week. They didn't have no preacher, and they'd call the college, try to get somebody to come fill in. They liked me, and I liked the preacher. Here we go. We had a big time. Wide open. But you know, there's a bunch of old boys in there that was waiting for the place. Waiting for that church. Waiting for that opportunity. Wondering why in the world I got opportunity. I said, because I wasn't waiting on them. I appreciated no matter I didn't. I didn't have to have a pulpit. I didn't have to have a cathedral. I didn't have to have a building. I didn't have to have a bunch of people. I had to I had somebody to slow down well enough to listen. Amen. I preached in a nursing home one time, and the ladies back there just cried. After the service, she came up and I said, boy, I'm really blessing that woman. She said, I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it was good. Amen. <laughs> I thought, well, bless your heart. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? If you're not willing to be faithful where you are, you you know when God gives us greater responsibilities? When we're faithful with the little ones. I want my destiny. And you're not even on time for church. Oh, I want to do great things for God and can't even find your Bible. got to be faithful in the little things. But I want to do a great work for God. Well, what little work are you doing for him? Everybody wants to sit on the throne in the palace, but nobody wants to sit as a slave and serve the grits. But you know what? There's hungry people that need some grits. I don't have a place to serve. Listen, they have that meals on wheels thing. Brother Chris is always needing somebody to help him deliver meals. What's easier than that? How often do you do that? Every Tuesday. Take, take what? An hour? About an hour at the most. And you know what? Everybody that, 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 that is involved in that thing, they say, well, we go to be a blessing, and by the time we leave them, we are always blessed more. But see, but see, we don't want to do that because that don't get enough recognition. 
I want something with my name in the paper. Well, that attitude, you're going to get your name in the paper. Let's be faithful with the little things. Dear God, we need people. We need, we're, having to have, we're having to have people uh, 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 do triple duty. Running to try to meet the care, the first-time attender in the care team, to run up here to be in the choir. And, I, and we got 500 people in this place, and people ain't doing anything. Well, I got this certain thing that I can do. Listen, where's the need? Well, I don't like that area, but that's where the need is. Do you think, honestly, honestly, Kendrick, do you think that Joseph loved being a slave? But he was faithful. And that propelled him to the palace. Because it was what he learned as a slave that developed him to be able to do what he had to do in the place. Y'all with me? Amen. I'm telling you, I told you it wasn't going to be no rah-ha-ha, but it's just where we are. The place. He was educated through the task he fulfilled. Didn't Jesus say something about a drink of water? And in and, and, and the coat and visiting in the prison. And he said, when you've done this to the least of these, my brethren, you've... Oh, I done lost people a while ago when I said that. Some people ain't doing nothing. They won't they say amen now. But, but it's still true. It's still true. He said, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Wednesday. I mentioned it earlier. Wednesday uh, afternoon, we was wide open. One of them days, you know. One of them, one of them days just wide open and I was I was just frazzled and and uh I've got a pretty good staff that tries to take care of me and they see when I'm a little stressed they try to cut things off at the pass if you know what I mean and uh, cuz some things you know some things are needy some things are critical but there's other things that are just uh whatever you you, you understand and uh well a situation arose and and they said well you want us to try to try to do something in this manner or, or try to you want us to try to take, and, and right then, God's put, you deal with it. Any other time it would be a, a different, but you deal with it. Well, I said, no. I said, I'm, I, I went out and got the person just broken down. Uh, uh, a physical need, a physical ailment, and uh, doctors didn't know. I said, well, the Bible says let's pray. So we brought the person back and, and had everybody in there, me and, and Dole and Belisa and and, and Dustin and, and Tammy and, and uh, we all got and prayed for this person, knowing that this person was old, and just ministered. Took a few moments out. Yeah, it was a busy day. It was wide open, but we're here for people. And we ministered and, and, and encouraged and blessed. And they, I didn't think another thing about it. I didn't think another thing about it. This morning, this morning, uh, uh, somebody come to my office and said, Preacher, so-and-so just gave a special offering. I think it was like $300. Said, tell that little preacher. They always call me little preacher, which I appreciate that now. Amen. Uh, uh, said, we want to just do this. And they were with that person, giving that person a ride. And, that, and whether that touched them or whatever, the point is this. We will be taken care of through what we do for others. Now, if we're too important or too busy that we can't, share a glass of water or we can't 
minister to somebody who's broken or we can't meet the need right where we are, then we'll never reach our destiny. Because until we're faithful in the little things, God is not going to grant us great responsibility. Church, say amen. The pattern of education. We see God educated him through A. What was that? Through the... Say it again. Through the... And then look at this one. B. The test he faced. This is the one that kept me up to two this morning. I had the outline already ready, but I just couldn't get settled with it. I know the verse, and and you're probably thinking this. Well, the Bible says in the book of James that, 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 that God will not tempt, He cannot be tempted with evil, and He will not tempt any man with evil. I know that's what the Bible says. I agree. That's what kept me up. And I was going back and forth praying, God, help me with this. You're telling me this, but here we are here. Help me to understand this. God will never entice you to do wrong. But God will allow you in situations where you've got to make a choice. Adam and Eve, God gave them one commandment. He did not entice them. He was not there trying to get them to disobey, trying to get them not to trust His Word. But He allowed them an opportunity and put them in a place where they had to make a choice. We see in this educational process, when you go to school, whether it be elementary school or high school or college, you have a place where you have to do work. You have to fulfill tasks. You have responsibilities to do. But then you have to take tests. Do you realize? Do you realize that when Jesus, after Jesus was baptized, after he there, he emptied of himself. Listen, he was there, and that's what baptism represents. Uh, listen, he was there, and the Spirit drove him in the wilderness immediately to be tempted. To be tempted. Was God tempting him? No. But he was allowing him to go through that so he could gain victory in his situation. Let me read this to you. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That's trials, tests. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Listen, it's not about tempting to sin. It's not about that. It's about testing your faith. Your faith in the Word of God, whether we're going to obey the commandment of God. I want to read this to you. found this out. It helped me to understand and, and put all these things into perspective. Listen real good at this. Just open your ears a minute. Just sit. This, is, this may be the most important thing you hear today. God tests us so we can experience victory. He tests us so we can experience victory. He walks in faith and believes we will win every test. You say, how do you know that? Because God will not let us, listen, He will not suffer us to face anything we cannot handle. So he expects us to win every test, to conquer everything that we face. Listen, he is like a proud parent who tells their child to go out there and show them what you can do. What did he do with Satan and Job? He said, have you considered my servant Job? Check out Job. He's a righteous man. I'm telling you, watch what he can do. Boy, Job passed the test. Listen, was God doing that? No, Satan was, but God allowed it. Because it glorified who he was. 
Satan, listen, Satan was bringing the accusation against God that you're not worthy of worship. You're not worthy of what Job is doing. The only reason Job is doing that is because you have to bribe him. You've blessed him and helped him and given him all that. That's the only reason. Will Job serve God for naught? Well, when the devil took everything away from him, he said God has given and God has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. He tested him. He knew he would come through. He would have victory. God allows us to enter into faith combat so we can see his deliverance and victory over our adversary. We are faithful. Watch this now. Please get this. As we are faithful where we are in the test, God will give us larger sphere of responsibility. The larger the task ahead, the bigger the test required now. God does not test us to defeat us or hurt us. He does it because He loves us too much. Watch this. Watch this. He does it because He loves us too much to put us into a position of responsibility which should be too much for us where we would be put to shame. In all schooling, there is testing to determine whether the material taught has been mastered. Testing is necessary and beneficial for the one being tested. He may think he is ready to graduate, that he knows it all. But testing allows him to see what the real situation is. It confronts him with reality. Watch this. The Hebrew word for testing does not mean to entice to do wrong. When it has a personal object, it means to test someone to see whether that person proves worthy. Joseph, are you ready for that high position? I began to wonder about that. And I prayed, dear God, I prayed and prayed and prayed and read and read and looked and researched and studied here and studied there. And this is what I come up with. God knew. How many of y'all know that in places of high power there's great corruption? And if he's going to be successful in the place that God intended him to be, Y'all, he wasn't going to a church convention. He was going into a political arena, a heathen political arena. Kind of resembles Washington. Oh, you're just, you're just them. No, they all crooked. Listen, they crooked. I'm seeing it every day. It's coming out every day. This one and that. This one wanting bribes. This one wanting this. And this one's and it's just immoral all the way around. But God is testing Joseph. What is he testing? He's testing his character. Why? Because when he went and sat on that throne, can you imagine the bribes that he was going to get? Can you imagine the immoral situations that was going to come his way that he was going to have to have the morality, he was going to have to have the character, he was going to have to have the strength in God to say no and do what's right. He tested him. There was two areas in that that he tested him. His resistance and his response. Preacher, I want, I want, I want God to use me. Well, see, God cares about purity. God cares about holiness. God cares about righteousness. Are y'all with me? Because power comes with purity. We're walking with God. The Bible says when Satan, now watch this, when the devil, was, when he was tempting Christ, 
when, 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 when Jesus gained victory in all of those things, when Jesus gained victory in that temptation and remained pure, holy, and righteous, the Bible said that he came out in the wilderness in great power. You know what we need to change this community? It's not a new program. It's not, listen, it's not some newfangled idea. It's for God's people to have purity, holiness, and righteousness and get back to doing what's right. Well, I tell you, I could pass that test. Are you sure about that? Are you really sure you could pass that test? Uh, listen, that's, that, we, we think that we could face that, but we, we can't even control the remote control. The internet, magazines, hello, man, y'all getting quiet for some reason. You want God to trust you with great responsibility, but God cannot trust you with little responsibility. And we face test after test after test, and you're not going to move to greater responsibility till you pass the test that you're already taken. The devil's going to tempt you. The devil's going to try to come get you slide. You're going to have to pass that. You're going to have to trust God and obey Him. God wants to know, are you going to obey Him or disobey Him? Listen, it's important. Because if he would have failed that test, he'd have never made it to his destiny. Listen, what would have happened? He'd have to take it all over again. I don't, I don't, listen, we need to understand where we're at. It's no coincidence that you're facing what you're facing. Brother Donnie, it's no coincidence that you'll face situations in your life where you're going to have to make a choice to do right. You're going to have to make a choice to stand when everybody else falls. You're going to have to make a choice to do right even if everybody else don't. You're going to have to make a choice to stand and do right and be holy and be righteous. If the stars fall and all your friends, you stay true. You want to make it to your destiny. Test he faced. Man, I started studying about all the testing that God did. Three or four or five different places where God tested the children of Israel. At the, the waters of Marah with the food and the quail. Listen, with all these different areas, with the people that he left in Canaan, and I'm testing to see whether they obey or not. He tested Hezekiah by removing his presence from him. I'd never seen that. I'd never seen that till, till I was studying for this. Preacher, what do you mean? Sometimes God will remove his presence from you like being in that pit just to see if you're going to keep on keeping on. The Bible says that. It says it plainly. He left. Him. Basically saying this, he removed the awareness of his presence to see what he would do. What if God did that with us? Could we pass the test? Oh, but I want to do great things. But would you keep on if you couldn't feel him? If he didn't bless you? Oh, we may be facing a test this week. Oh, but preacher, I've done faced it and failed it. Well, get ready, because it's coming again. Because God's not going to throw you away. God's people probably would, which is wrong. But God ain't. 
He's going to get you back up, dust you off, and do it just like the cowboys said when they buck, the horse bucks you off. Just get right back on. Let's go. Preacher, what are you saying? From that pit to Potiphar's house, there's a great difference. In the pit, it was empty. There was no awareness of God's presence, but I'm, I'm glad. When you're in that place of education, the Lord is with you. When you take those great tests in your life, young people, and you're going to. There's going to be times that you're going to, and everybody else ain't. You're going to be put on the spot. Am I going to give in to this? Am I going to stand true? Trust me this, you ain't by yourself. You're going to feel like it, but he's standing right there with you, saying, I know you can I know you show them what you show them what you can do. I, I, I'll say this one, and I, I will pray. When we, when we was in Little League, we was in Little League. I don't know how they do it here, but sometimes there wasn't enough umpires. There wasn't enough uh, uh, umpires to do everything to cover the behind the plate and then the bases. So sometimes they'd call parents out of the stands. Is it, do they do they do that up here, Johnny? Do they? They don't have any, well. That's yeah. That's back in the day. Amen. When it didn't have all. The parents, the dads would come out and be the, you know, the umpire first base and or third base or whatever. And but they had to be, they had to be uh, 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 impartial, right? Amen. See, that's why we keep you up here. Amen. All right. And and and, and you know, got to be no respecter of persons. I hit a ball one time. Dad was on first base, and I was running. Man, I was boogieing. We come and I come around first base, and I could hear Dad under the breath. Run, run, run. You know what? When you face your situation, God is up there saying, run, damn, run. He's rooting for you. God's with you. You reckon when Joseph run out of that house, what do you think God was doing? Woo! That's my boy! How you know? Because Becca made a layup the other day. And I embarrassed the whole gym. Amen, Brandy? Brandy, come out to me and grab my shirt. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Thought it was cool, man. Like little Michael Jordan. Woo, amen. Listen. Let's pass the test when they come. Because that will get us to the next place. I know what you think. But he landed in prison. He still passed the test. The diploma wasn't what you thought it might be. But it got him to the next place. Some of y'all are still in the pit. Because you hadn't learned it's not about you yet. Some of you are still in, in Potiphar's house. You're in the place of education because you haven't realized that God's got you where he's got you for a reason. And it don't matter if it's digging ditches or plumbing, uh, plumbing, plumbing, amen. No matter what you're doing, God's got you there. Let's be faithful there and watch where God takes us. Church, say amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your name.
We glorify you in this house.